0: I welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to another service of the Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church located just outside of Garrysburg uh, in beautiful Northampton County, North Carolina. We greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior. We're so uh, humbled and we're so delighted that you would uh, make time to worship with us this Sunday morning this is the 4th Sunday in the month of August if you're like me you are just absolutely marveling at the way uh this year is just rapidly rapidly passing along and I'm sure for some of us uh given everything that we've been experiencing with the COVID-19 pandemic and all of the problems that it has brought into our world or it, how it has, uh, I guess in some situations, intensified problems that already uh, existed. Many of us want 2020 to, to hurriedly pass by and we move into 2021. But, but I want to just encourage you to know that uh, don't, don't be anxious about uh, the, the time moving by so fast or trying to hurry up and get out of 2020. Because if you have your hand in the Lord's hand, God will bless you each and every day, in spite of a pandemic or anything else going on. A relationship with Jesus Christ means that you're going to be blessed and highly favored, and God does not break his promises to his own. Um, I want to, first of all, again, as we've been doing for the past several Sundays, remind everyone of the importance of uh, filling out the census uh, the census is going to help determine how much money gets into your state and into your locality, your, sm- your specific mu- municipal area. So please, if you haven't done so, uh, make time to complete a census form. Um, you can go to any of our platforms, our Facebook page or our Roanoke-Salem webpage, and you'll find uh, numbers and links, but let me just share. Uh, the number for the census is one Three three zero two zero two zero, one eight four four, three three zero two zero two zero, or you can go to the link online my2020census.gov, my2020census.gov, and please be sure also that you have uh, make sh- make sure that you are registered to vote in the November election. Vote as your conscious. Uh, dictates or as you feel led by God the Holy Spirit and don't allow me or anybody else to try to sway you into which way you ought to vote. If you are a man or woman or a young person who is a child of the Most High God, you pray and you ask the Lord uh, which way you should vote and then you vote as the Lord directs you. Don't, Don't let me sway you because of my personal preference for one candidate or the other use your common sense, but also as Christians, we are always to trust in the Lord. And I need to go to him. I don't need my pastor to tell me who to vote for. I need to go to the Lord in prayer. My pastor can share what he knows about both candidates, and that's fine, or all the candidates, but you go to the Lord in prayer, and you vote as the Lord God the Holy Spirit directs you. Uh, I want to just certainly make sure I don't fail to mention that our motto here at Roanoke-Salem is the end of your search for a friendly church, and we do our very best to live up to that motto. I want to thank Ms. April Allen, Mr. Derek Buffalo, and Ms. Jasmine Smith for being here today. Also certainly want to thank uh, Deacon Woodrow Hardy uh, Jr., who we call Sonny, and, and we've also got another guest, uh, one of our church musicians, uh, Mr. Steve Smith, is in the house today. But thank all of you for being here and helping make sure that the word goes forth. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray now that you will help me to preach and teach this message with clarity and conviction. My only desire, Lord, is that you be uh, gratified, that, that you be glorified, and that you Uh, be satisfied with the way the Word is preached, and Lord, that people's lives will be positively changed by this Word. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. This uh, fourth Sunday in um, August is Homecoming uh, Sunday here at Roanoke-Salem. And of course, under different circumstances, uh, we would be hoping for a church filled with people and um, having a homegoing, a homecoming uh, family, friends celebration. But, of course, these are different times, but still the spirit of homego- homecoming is with us. So um, even though there's no one here in the sanctuary, I still thank God for those who are members, and whether you're current members or former members or whether you live away but you still have an affinity to Roanoke-Salem, We greet you and we bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And certainly for those of you who may be watching us from other places and have no connection with our church whatsoever, we love you with the love of the Lord, brothers and sisters in Christ, those who may be unsaved if you're watching. We still love you with the love of the Lord. And it's our sincere prayer that you will come to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Um, Our scripture today is from the book of 1 Timothy in the New Testament. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6, 7, and 8. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6, 7, and 8, and I will be reading from the New International Version. This is what it says, beginning at verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it finally verse 8 but if we have food and clothing we will be content with that just for a few minutes let us reason together from this thought be thankful for what you've got be thankful for what you've got I'm going to go back now, so I'm I'm, I'm going to date myself, but it's okay because it's for a good purpose. Uh, In in 1974, matter of fact, I was just 13 years old in 1974, so you can look at me and tell that has been many moons ago. But in 1974, a man named William Devon, he he became a, a household name with the release of his mega hit called Be Thankful for What You've Got this smooth uh, rhythmic r&b song uh it reached number one on the soul r&b music charts and it also reached as high as number four on the american billboard music chart and you know that chart uh tracks the success of rock songs and country songs and r&b songs so with all the music that was out there in 1974 this song be thankful for what you got got as high as number four on the uh, American Billboard music chart. I, I guess we could c- probably call William Devon a, a one-hit wonder because um, no other song he ever released had the success of Be Thankful for What You've Got. Um, th- that song is still played on old-school R&B radio stations across America And some of you, even though though you're younger, some of you know what old school is because if you grew up with parents who were teenagers and young adults back in the late 60s 70s and 80s you know they probably played that music for you when you were a little child so my uh, 28 year old daughter and most of her peers they they know the old school songs that my that uh, my wife and I love because why we played them in the car radio and in the house at different times so she knows a lot of these songs and I know a lot of you all in your uh, late 20s up to mid 30s you know a lot of these songs as well um I just love that song because um, I'm like a lot of people that the words were just as appealing to me as the music. Be thankful for what you got. It, it, it encourages uh, us to appreciate what we have and not to dwell on what we don't have. Amen. In fact, William Devon even says in the song, even if we don't have a car, we can still stand tall. As I did very extensive research on this song, in other words, as I looked it up on Google, I didn't find anything that, that talked about whether William Devon had any kind of religious beliefs. So as, as far as I know, he, he may or he may not have believed in Jesus. Um, he, he may have never read a single word from the Bible, but, but his song, his hit song, has a Bible-based principle that I believe all Christians should live by. Now, I, I, let me try to connect that psalm to uh, where I asked you to look at here in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Um, most Christians know that after Jesus uh, was resurrected and he went back to heaven, most of us know that he chose a man named Saul, but Jesus later turned his name into Paul, changed his name to Paul. Jesus chose this man, Paul, to be one of his disciples. Somewhere in his lifetime, Paul became a spiritual mentor to a young man who was a young pastor named Timothy. Over the years, as Paul evangelized the world, he wrote two letters To Timothy. In the first letter, Paul is instructing Timothy on how to be a good church leader, how to be a good pastor, and he also shares with Timothy knowledge that he thinks Timothy should share with the church family. Amen. So beginning with verse number six of this letter, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, Paul, first of all, kind of as a backdrop, he's warning Timothy against using his spiritual gifts to become rich. And then in in verse number six, Paul says to Timothy that he should pursue godliness with contentment. And Paul says, if you pursue godliness, Timothy, with contentment, you will have, you will obtain great gain. Paul is saying that Every Christian should live a holy life. That's godliness, living a holy life, not a perfect life, not a sinless life, but a life that you'll determine that you love Jesus so much you want to please him rather than please yourself, rather than please the world. You may stumble and fall, but you'll quickly ask for forgiveness and then you'll ask God to strengthen you because you don't want to continue to be in sin against Jesus. So, so, so Paul says to Timothy, teach the, you, Timothy, you do this and you teach the church folks that they should pursue godliness, which again is holiness. And he says, and then you should be grateful for whatever God does for us. We should be grateful for whatever God does to us. We should be grateful for whatever God does through us. That's contentment. When we are grateful for what God does for us, when we are grateful for what God does to us or may allow to come into our lives, when we are grateful for what God can do through us to bless others, that is being content. That's contentment. So Paul says, Timothy, pursue godliness and contentment. If you do those two things, then you will achieve great gain, great gain. Paul says being content to live holy brings us great gain. Now, what is great gain? Great gain, if I may suggest to you, is when we have our sins forgiven and our souls are saved. That's a great gain. To have your many sins forgiven and your soul is saved from death and damnation, that's a great gain. And that happens by faith in Jesus Christ. In the New Living Translation, Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, Jesus asks this question. He says, what would it benefit a man to gain the whole world but if he loses his soul? And then Jesus goes on to say, is there anything worth more than your soul? And of course, we know the answer is no. There's nothing more valuable and precious than our soul. Amen. So that is a great gain, to have our our sins forgiven and our souls saved by faith in Jesus Christ. That's an example of a great gain. Here's another example. The fruit, the spiritual fruit of the Holy Spirit is a great gain. The fruit of the Holy Spirit are those nine attributes found in um, Galatians chapter 5, I think beginning around verse number 22 or 23, somewhere in there, but the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit are those nine spiritual attributes that we as Christians should be able to display at different times in our lives. And they identify us as, be, as belonging to the Most High God. They identify us as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. So being able to be endowed with the Holy Spirit and then to, to show the fruit of the Spirit, that's a great game. The peace of Jesus Christ is another great gain because the Bible tells us that the peace of Jesus Christ goes beyond man's ability to understand, man's ability to comprehend. In other words, when you should be losing your mind because everything around you is going crazy, Uh, people are going crazy, situations are happening that are out of your control, and, and, and real true calamity of some kind could be your finances, could be your, your family relationships, could be your employment, could be your health, when you should be losing your mind. You have every right by human logic to lose your mind, but you don't lose your mind because the peace of Jesus Christ goes beyond man's ability to understand. Jesus said the peace that he lives with us, he said, um, it's, it's a peace that man didn't give to us. So, so The peace of Jesus Christ, the peace of mind of Jesus Christ, that's a great gain. The joy of the Lord is a great gain because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Having a relationship with Jesus Christ is the most valuable possession anybody can have. So, So if you have, and when we have a relationship with Jesus, we need to be thankful. You need to be thankful for what you've got i know that's right because in verse number seven now drop right down to verse number seven paul makes this statement he says we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it in other words paul reminds timothy and he's reminding us that we don't have control over what happens to us we are not in charge i i hate to make some people feel bad or burst your bubble or maybe irritate you but i, I don't care how much edu- education or edumacation you think you have i, I don't care who your, your 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 family name is i don't care what board you sit as ceo of i don't care what company you've founded and you might uh be you know one of the richest people where i don't care if you're the you're the, uh, the 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 man who's in the seat of the joint chief of staffs uh, uh of the united states or uh, meaning that he he's um He's over all the military folks in in the country next to the president. He's only second to the president. I don't care who you are. If you um, don't know it or not, you are not in control. And people who say stuff like, you can take control of your life, and they write books, and they do CDs, and they do DVDs, and you know, they have podcasts, and it's all about, here's how we take control. Women take control. Young people take control. Black folks take control. Asian folks take all these different people are saying to all these various groups, "You LGBTQ folks, y'all take control. None of us can take control of anything because none of us are in charge. The fact is, Jesus Christ has all authority and all power over all humanity. Amen. You can believe it or not. Doesn't make any difference. It's still true. Why? Because Jesus was given that power by his father. When he died and got up from the grave, when he rose from the grave, he said that all power was given unto him in heaven, on earth and under the earth. And that's still true today. Listen, even a pagan king named Darius back in the days of Daniel As a matter of fact, Daniel wrote about this in the book that has his name. Even Darius, a pagan king, recognized the power and the sovereignty of Daniel's God. King Darius said this about Jehovah God. He says he's the living God. King Darius wrote that Jehovah God lives forever. He said um, that his kingdom will not be destroyed Darius said about Jehovah God, he says, his dominion will never end. He said that uh, Jehovah God rescues and he saves mankind. Darius, the pagan king, even said to his people that Jehovah God performs signs and wonders in the heavens, that means up in the galaxies, in the celestial bodies, and on earth. Amen. So if you're like Darius and you have enough spiritual understanding to see that God is in control, not man, be thankful for what you've got. Be thankful for having that kind of spiritual understanding. You don't even have to be saved to recognize who Jehovah God is. Verse number 8. Paul tells Timothy, to tell the church folks like you and me he says this he says but but if we have food and clothing we will be content with that but if we have food and clothing and when i say food i include water with that as well you know clean fresh drinking water if we have food and clothing paul says you ought to be content with that now this is where i want to really focus first of all i don't want us to misinterpret what this verse is saying paul is not saying all christians should desire to just have the basic necessities of life that's not what he's saying paul is not saying that we should not desire to have anything more than the basic necessities of life anybody that has read the bible or may know anything about the bible you know how god himself blessed many of his people with great wealth amen abraham had great wealth for his day in his day and time job had tremendous wealth for his day and time god made david the shepherd boy the king of israel and in his position as king david was wealthy david's son uh, um, solomon was not only the wisest man that ever lived According to the Bible, Solomon was the wealthiest person that lived during his time on the face of the earth. Great wealth, great wealth, and, and God gave it to him. Amen. What about Esther, the Jewish girl who became the queen in a pagan country? In her position as queen because the king had great wealth, Esther had great wealth. In fact, I can make it even plain because there came a time when Esther went to see her husband, and when her husband, the king, saw her coming, before she opened her mouth, he said, come on in and see me, Esther. And look, let me just tell you before you even ask anything, whatever it is you want, I'll give you up to half of the kingdom. So Esther was blessed with great wealth by God. Amen. What about Joseph? Joseph, the one who his brothers hated because of his coat of many color and the fact that Joseph could be a little arrogant, but, but that was all part of his personality. And then Joseph, who went through trials and troubles and prison and famine and being a a slave and being captured and all those things. Joseph ended up, God elevated him eventually to the uh, next to the Pharaoh of Egypt. Joseph was in the second most uh, prominent position of power in all of Egypt. Somebody who wasn't even an Egyptian. Great wealth, great power. God put him there. What about Ruth? Ruth through by by pledging her allegiance to her mother-in-law got to come into a relationship with a man named Boaz and Boaz had great wealth amen amen so I want you to understand that this verse of scripture is not saying that we should not desire as Christians to have great wealth that's not what it's saying Not at all. Amen now. You got to understand that. In fact, um, God delights in seeing his people live well because it demonstrates his generosity and his favor. Psalm 35 verse 27 says, the Lord takes pleasure from the prosperity of his servant. And that's not just material prosperity, that's prosperity in everything, wisdom, knowledge, health, but, but it does include financial and, 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 and material prosperity. Yes, it does. Verse 8 reminds us that having the basic needs of life, clean food and water, and a safe and secure shelter over our heads is a gift from God, and we should never take God's goodness for granted. That's what verse 8 is about. Verse 8 reminds us that having the basic needs of our life, clean food and water, a a safe and secure place to live, that uh, those are gifts from God and we should never take God's goodness for granted. We need to be thankful for what we've got. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Amen now, don't do that. You've heard me say it before. There are a whole lot of people with great wealth, but they are emotionally miserable or they're physically sick. Sometimes they're both. Having lots of money is not helping those folks at all. Amen. At the same time, there are people who have very little, almost nothing, but they all have the joy of the Lord in their hearts, and God uses these folks who have little or nothing to be a great blessing to all the rest of us. Amen now. My Christian sisters and brothers, we have the love and protection, and provision of Jesus Christ. And we need to be thankful for what we've got. I said my Christian sisters and brothers, we know Jesus loves everybody, but there is a special relationship between those who humble ourselves and give our lives and submit to the authority of Jesus Christ. And for those of us who just decide, well, I'm going to live my way And I'm going to roll how I roll because that's my right to do. And God allows you to do that. But those of us who have given our lives to Jesus and we have his love, his protection, his provision, we need to be thankful for what we've got. Listen, I'd rather drive a Toyota Prius with no car payment than to drive a Mercedes Benz with a car payment so high I can't afford to keep the gas tank filled. Amen now. Give me, give me my Prius and get, let me get my 50 miles a gallon and you drive your brand new Mercedes and you can't put but $10 at a time in it because the payment's so high. Amen. Amen. I'd rather live in a small but sturdy house than to live in a mansion that constantly needs repairs. Amen. Why would I want to live in a great big mansion that might look good from the, from the outside but it's falling apart on the inside and I'm spending all the money I can possibly make just trying to keep the house from falling in on top of me. Think about it now. I'd rather wear clean clothes from a thrift store than to wear clothes so expensive that I have thousands of dollars in credit card debt. And I know I'm talking to some folks because some of us are living that. And and I've been there too, not necessarily because of buying clothes, but but I've been thousands of dollars in credit card debt in my life as well for for spending foolishly about stuff that I really didn't need. Amen. Amen. We got to be thankful for where we are and what we've got. And, And as I close, I leave you with this. If we learn to appreciate whatever God has given us now, he will bless us with more in due time. How can I say that? Because in the book of Job, chapter 22, verse 21, it says, Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. If you are grateful for what God has blessed you with right now, that means you're at peace with God. And the Bible says that prosperity of all kinds will come to you. I know, I know right now that it's, uh, there are people who are anxious and concerned about our futures, and rightfully so. The economy is horrible. Millions of people are out of work. People are scared of losing their homes and losing their cars and losing their savings. And, and it's all real. But but today, in the name of Jesus Christ, I encourage you to be thankful for what you've got. Knowing that Jesus is able to make a way out of no way. And Jesus can stabilize your situation right now. Be thankful for what you've got right now. Don't get hung up on trying to be concerned about what pe- other people have compared to what you don't have. You just be thankful for what you've got be thankful for your children might drive you crazy sometimes but still tell god thank you be thankful if you're married for your spouse might want to change spouse sometimes but still tell god thank you anyway be thankful for your job yeah you could be making more money but think about it there are folks right now who are making more money and they don't have a job at all be thankful for your car it might be raggedy might be 20 years old but when you turn over the key every day, if it cranks up and it gets you where you're going and, 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 and it doesn't sound like the engine's about to fall off while you're driving down the street, you'd be glad to have that car. Because some folks got brand new cars or newer cars than you. And like I said, they can't afford to drive. Matter of fact, they get ready to be repossessed now, possibly, because they can't pay for them anymore. Be thankful. For where you live if you don't live in the best neighborhood ask god to bless your house anyway ask god to post angels on every corner of your property ask the lord to take care of you even though you may live in a bad neighborhood and like i said if you'll be grateful to god and thank him for what you've got now he will give you better in due time whatever difficult situation you may be facing thank jesus for being your provider If you just have enough faith for today, Jesus will bless you today and he will prosper you tomorrow. And I want to thank Jesus for what I've got. What do I have? I have uh, good health. Health has been better, but I'm still thank God for good health. Anticipating my health being better than it is right now. I thank Jesus for it right now. Have a wonderful wife have a wonderful daughter, have two wonderful daughters, and grandchildren. I thank God for them. Amen. Amen. I thank God for being the pastor of such a loving, caring, generous, devoted, committed church family. Yeah, I thank God for letting me be a part of Roanoke Salem. To God be the glory. I thank God for what he has provided for me, and I would you need to do the same. Whatever you're going through, I don't care how mean or nasty or ugly somebody's being to you thank god for you having peace thank god for you not acting and re- responding in kind to how badly they may be mistreating you god's gonna be your protector god's gonna be your defender god's gonna be your provider god is a just god you say thank you lord tell them how bad you hurt tell them how mad you are tell them how angry you are but you still say thank you lord because god i trust you And I promise you, based on God's Word, and I'm a living witness, God's going to turn that thing around positively in your favor. Amen. Be thankful for what you've got. What do you got? you got Jesus Christ, and he's available to everybody. All you have to do is be willing to reach your hand up to him because he's standing there with open arms for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this time of preaching and I pray that your word will positively change lives. Thank you, Lord, for using me. I feel so humbled and blessed that you would use me, who is not worthy in any way, but you choose to love me and to use me anyway. And for that, Lord, I thank you, and I'm grateful. And Lord, for those who may hear this message today, and they are not saved, and they are feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit to be saved, I pray, Lord, that they will repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe you are the son of the living God. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask you now, Jesus, to be my personal Lord and Savior. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you are now saved. You are now part of the body of Christ. And you now have access to every promise. That's found in the Word of God for His people. And you are His people because now you are covered supernaturally, spiritually by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that makes you part of the body of Christ. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of His Holy Spirit, rest, root, and abide with us henceforth and forevermore. Amen.